0: In other words, I've got a piece to speak. And blow hot or cold, I'm going to speak. Let's do this, Johnny. Welcome to the Breaking It Down podcast. I'm Brother Ron, your host. And each week, I bring you the inspired word of God as we together discover and unlock its life's transforming truths. Thanks for listening in. Hey, folks. Welcome to another edition of Breaking It Down with Brother Ron. How's everyone doing this week? I hope you're blessed in the Lord. I know I am. Got a great topic going on today, oh, starting today's show, and uh, we'll cover it uh, over the next few shows, however long it takes. Um, no. What? Hold on a second. What? What do you want, brother? You keep calling me every time I'm starting a show. Yo, I know yeah, I hear you. Just be quiet, all right? <laughs> all right, so like I was saying, uh, we're going to start off, kick off on a new topic, uh, sanctification or spiritual growth. Uh, I think it's going to bless you. It's going to be a great topic uh, that's really going to minister to you. And I'm really looking forward to getting it uh, started. So uh, let's get to it. Sanctification. That's something that's not talked about much in the church anymore. Back in the day, sanctification was a big thing of churches. You had the holiness churches, right? that said they were saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But in today's modern churches, that topic is rarely brought up if, uh, if it's brought up at all. So we want to kick off this discussion and break down the Word of God uh, on this show and the shows to come on sanctification. And when we look at the word sanctification, what it means is, is to make something holy or someone holy, to separate someone, to set them apart, to set them apart from a common use to a sacred use. And that's what happens to us as we're born again Christians. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, in essence, when we become saved, that's just the beginning of the Christian life. Some people think that that's all there is to it. You give your life to Christ; everything's going to be fine. Everything's sunshine and roses, right? Unicorns and rainbows. But that's not the case. There's a process that takes place. Being saved is a positional thing, and by that I mean you're placed in right standing with God. You were once a sinner, alienated from God and all things God. But once you're saved, you're now placed into the family of God, and you're in right standing with God. In fact, that's why we're called saints. The word saint and the word sanctification have the same root word in the Greek language. It's hagios. Every believer is a saint. Every born-again Christian, from the day you give your life over to Christ and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are now a saint. And I know the world has a different view of what saints are. It's an incorrect view. They think a saint is somebody who lives a sinless sinless life, like a Mother Teresa, Saint Augustine, Saint Ron. <laughs> just put my name in there, just joking. But no, that's not what a saint. A saint is a person who's given their life to Christ, and now Christ or God sets them apart for his use, sets them apart for a work of sanctification or a process of sanctification to begin in their lives. First off, let me say, we can't sanctify sanctify ourselves. We can't make ourselves holy. Sanctification is a work of the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit working within us, our relationship with the Lord becomes stronger. Sin has less and less of effect in our lives. And finally, we're becoming more and more like Jesus in our character, conversation, and conduct. So let's take a look uh, at another scripture. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians uh chapter three verse eighteen. That's second Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen. And it says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So what this is saying is that once we're born again, we're being transformed into to the Lord's image in the glory of the Lord. Well, let's take a look at another scripture on this. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called those he, and those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Okay, I went to verse 29 on there. So what These two scriptures in 1 Corinthians and Romans is saying is that once we are saved, once we are called by God and we accept that call and we're grafted into the family of God when we are born again, that's not the end of the process. That's not all there is. People think that once you get to that point, everything is going to be fine. I don't have to do anything anymore. I need to go to church, read my Bible and pray. Yes, we're supposed to do those things, but... However, we're supposed to be conformed into the image of Christ now, which I said is a process, a lifelong process after you're born again. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen at the snap of the fingers. It doesn't happen when you're water baptized. It doesn't happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's over the course of your Christian life that this process of sanctification or spiritual growth takes place. Now, I want to hammer this point across or get this point across with a couple of more uh, with a couple of more scriptures. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3. And it reads, "It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, and not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God." And then let's turn to uh, one more, uh, one more scriptures in first Thessalonians, uh, this time chapter five, verse 23, first Thessalonians chapter five and verse 23. And it reads, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So there it is. We've been looking at scripture so far to, to define sanctification and show that as a born-again believer, a new babe in Christ, that you're supposed to begin a life or process of spiritual growth, sanctification, if you will. And again, sanctification is being set apart by God for God, for God's use. So God can use you to radiate the character of God and the person of Jesus Christ, Again, we're supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's the whole purpose of spiritual growth and sanctification. So why is it that many Christians and many churches, and I say now hazard to say the majority of Christians and the majority of churches aren't sanctified, aren't growing in their Christian walk. They're they're babes in Christ. Well, let's take a look at this. Let's turn to uh the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. And we're going to be starting at verse 11 and then going on down through chapter 6, verse 12. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. And again, I'm reading in the New International Version. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. Elementary, the, You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6 Verse 1, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing, cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. The land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that we have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love he has shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that we, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through faith and patience and hear what has been promised. Now, I want to jump back up to um, chapter 5, verses 12 and 14, and we're going to break that down further. So it begins, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So what what the writer here, I almost said Paul, but that's that's a topic for another show um, uh, who actually wrote this book. Who's the author of Hebrews? But anyway, um, the writer of Hebrews is saying in verse twelve that the born-again saints he's writing to, and they are Hebrews who are Christians now, right? Israelites who are now accepted Christ. He's telling them by this time you ought to be teachers. They've been saved long enough where and been taught the basic principles or the ABCs of the gospel at this point that they should be teaching it to others. But no, they're still sitting there and wanting to be fed that over and over and over again. So let me throw this out there. What happens to a baby as it grows, right? It starts off with milk, right, from its mother. And then eventually that baby matures or grows into and starts eating solid food. What will we think of that baby if it's now three, four, five years old and still drinking milk and not into solid food? We'll say there's something wrong with that baby, right? Back in the day, I used to listen to this group. I don't know. It's back in the 80s, 90s, somewhere around there. It's called Arrested Development. And Some of you my age or older may recall that group. And that's what we're talking about here. When we talk about um, these um, these verses, um, Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, when we're talking about and still need someone to teach you the elementary truths all over again, you need milk. We're talking about a person, a Christian in our case, that is... Stop developing. Their development has been arrested. Their spiritual growth has stopped. Their babes in Christ is another way we say they are. How we describe them in the church. They're babies in Christ. They now. Now this is a key thing on the I want to point out here. You have some Christians, right? They they're born again and they're at this stage. Let's say you know they're in the early twenties and they gave their life to Christ, but then they never matured. They never grew. They never pursued sanctification. And now they're in their 50s, 60s, midlife, right? Late life. Do you think those people are still babes in Christ or they're mature Christians? Sad fact is a lot of people figure, well, I've been saved 30 some years and since I gave my life to Christ. But they're still babies in Christ because they haven't let the process of they haven't let the Holy Spirit work the process of sanctification in their life they haven't grown they haven't pursued growth they think by a matter of physical age that they're a mature Christian and the sad case is they are not they're sorely sorely deceived, ignorant of the fact that they're still babes in Christ, and that's what the writer is saying here that by that time. You should be out there teaching others. You should be out there discipling others and teaching them the ABCs of the gospel, not you still sitting in the pew being told, and, told over and over about the basics of the gospel. And, and we're going to get, you know, I'm going to write that down. That's going to be a topic for another show, the gospel, the ABCs of the gospel. But uh, moving on, this is a sad case here we see of Christians who are never fully developed. They, they're stunted in their growth. Right. And in the physical, in the natural world, if we see a child like that. We say there's something wrong with them, right? The child is 21 years old, or I'm sorry, you know, he's going to a young adult and he's still saying baba, gaga, mama, not speaking full, full sentences, not intelligence is still as the level of a one, two year old. We say there's something wrong with that person, right? Well, it's the same thing that happens in the spiritual world is that we get Christians who are still stuck after they've. The basic salvation, the position in the body of Christ. Now they're they covered and washed in the blood of Jesus. And that's where they'll sit for year after year after year. And that's the main problem with the church, in my opinion, is that the reason that the church is weak today is because the churches, for the most part, are filled with a bunch of baby Christians, a bunch of immature Christians who have failed to grow, who have failed to launch in life, who have failed to to grow in Christ. And that's why the church lacks the power it has today to reach out to others. Whereas we should be walking in Christ and demonstrating Christ, right? Being conformed to his image and demonstrating the power of the word of God and the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're still sitting there getting the basics over and over and being fed the basics of the gospel, the ABCs of the gospel over and over. I uh, know this has stepped on a lot of toes and it's hit people hard. But you know I'm right. I'm telling the truth here. We got a bunch of baby Christians out there, people who are stunted, who are people who are stunted in growth. They're arrested development. And that's the truth. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> and that's the truth. You know I'm right. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to beat you up anymore. Uh, I want to stop this is a good point for me to stop at uh, this topic for today's show and uh, we'll pick it back up uh, next week uh, with um, why do we fail to grow spiritually okay why are these people you know why are these people in delayed development arrested development why aren't they growing and we're going to look at some of the causes or reasons for that well ladies and gentlemen that about wraps it up for today's show hope this message meant something to you and that uh, you go home and look over the scriptures and read over um what we covered today and let us sink into with you but before i go i always ask that you do two things for me first i want you to pray for me in the show it means more to me than you ever know pray that god will use this show to his glory and honor and number two, tell two or three other people about the podcast. You know, go ahead, share it with them. Tell them how they can listen to the show, whether on podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, etc. Just share it with them. Tell them, they, hey, this is this brother out there who's, who's bringing the word of God. He's breaking it down and making it clear for us. And um, it's only you that make this show possible. Um, people otherwise wouldn't know about it if you didn't spread it by word of mouth. So it's by your word of mouth, your your advertising, the show, promoting it, that will bring more believers in and unbelievers, too, into the body of Christ. So, everyone, God bless you. Peace out. And I'll see you next week.